0: Welcome to the Species Hall of Fame. This week, I'm departing from the usual format and focusing on a taxonomist rather than a species. In this case, a towering figure in entomology and someone who had an enormous impact on my life and career. Dr. Charles A. Triplehorn passed away on August 25th. He would have turned 95 on his birthday next month. I first met Chuck when I was a freshman at The Ohio State University 50 years ago this year. He was a taxonomist taxonomist, an ideal role model for aspiring students. Seeking his advice countless times in his office, I would find him surrounded by specimens, books, and notes, the portrait of a species explorer, museum curator, brilliant researcher, and dedicated scholar. In the entomology community, Chuck is known as co-author of a standard textbook for college entomology students in its most recent incarnation titled, Boren DeLong's An Introduction to the Study of Insects by Triplehorn and Johnson. I count myself fortunate to have come along as I did in the 1970s. I had an office adjoining Dwight DeLong's and wonderful memories of long conversations with him. To my knowledge, I was the last student to have Don Bohr serve on a graduate committee when I was working on my master's, and of course, I had Chuck as a mentor, from my arrival at OSU as a freshman all the way through to the completion of my Ph.D. under his guidance. Chuck was incredibly generous. He arranged for me as an undergraduate to be employed each summer in some capacity as an entomologist in spite of the fact that I had few qualifications. Those experiences were important to my development, but of course Chuck knew that when he arranged them. Because of his recommendations, I sorted and identified insects for the U.S. Forest Service and the World Health Organization and collected mosquitoes for the Ohio Department of Health. Maybe he was trying to broaden my perspective too, given my tendency to concentrate on my projects at the exclusion of pretty much everything else. While he was a world authority on tenebrionidae, the darkling beetles, his general knowledge, both in and far beyond entomology, was truly impressive. He knew plants, reptiles, birds, and mammals, as well as insects. He was the first naturalist for the Columbus Metropolitan Parks and the first curator of reptiles at the Columbus Zoo. And he was a star member of an informal team that participated in weekly trivia competitions at a local bar. He would have been a shoe-in for Jeopardy. I'm not only a better entomologist for having known Chuck, I'm a better person and a better citizen too. To point out to me that I needed to be well-informed and a a better-rounded human being, as well as a scientist, he asked me during the defense of my dissertation which NFL team has no insignia on its helmet. I, of course, had no idea. To this day, I can tell you it is the Cleveland Browns, and the point was taken. While I admired Chuck's integrity, knowledge, and accomplishments as a scientist, I was equally impressed by his humanity, memory, and irrepressible sense of humor. Working closely with him for eight years, I don't recall a day when I did not hear at least one or two jokes, and I honestly can't remember ever hearing the same one twice. He understood the power of humor, to ease the rough edges of the human condition. Once, at an entomology meeting, he squeezed into a tightly packed hotel elevator. As the elevator ascended, Chuck broke the awkward silence, saying, You all probably wondered why I called you here. Laughter relieved an otherwise painfully uncomfortable moment for them all. And, when Ohio State named the Charles A. Triplehorn insect collection in his honor, He delivered the news to me in characteristic fashion. He said, I have always been opposed to insect collections being named after individuals. Until now. A pivotal part of my coming of age as an entomologist was a six-week, 7,000-mile collecting trip around Mexico. The party consisted of Chuck, his wife and son, one other faculty member, and a group of doctoral students. I was the only undergraduate included in the expedition i learned so much from chuck and the advanced students including how to take my own measure against the standards that they set it gave me knowledge and confidence that would have been impossible to obtain any other way i could do a year's worth of podcasts with stories from that mexico trip alone like the time we almost pitched camp during a rainstorm in a canyon prone to flash floods Or when the van of students sped past a policeman, through a stop sign, going the wrong direction on a one-way street, leaving Chuck, whose station wagon was following us, to talk his way out of a rather sticky situation. But a different episode stands out as an especially meaningful one for me. I had been on a trip to Canada and returned to realize that I had missed the deadline for applying for a faculty position at Cornell University. I was not close to finishing my PhD yet, and it was two weeks past the application deadline. I asked Chuck if it was worth mailing the application so late. He said absolutely yes, and leave the decision whether to consider it or not to Cornell. The position was that of Jack Lamont, the eminent lepidopterist, who had been Chuck's PhD advisor during his time at Cornell. Months later, I received a telephone call offering me the position. I raced to Chuck's office to share the good news. I will never forget the expression of genuine joy and no doubt a good deal of surprise on his face. I think having one of his students replace his own mentor meant as much to him as it did to me. Too many professors think they are in the business of cloning themselves rather than awakening the potential in their students. It is common for professors to assign some fragment of their own research program to a student, rather than permitting the student to strike out on their own and find a project dear to them. Chuck had the rare ability to offer advice and guidance to be an ever-present safety net for students without imposing his own interests, views, and practices. Perhaps he acquired this at Cornell. John Henry Comstock, who founded the entomology department there, was once asked about his philosophy for guiding students. His response was that he helped them identify a project, made sure that they had what they needed to complete the research, and then he got the hell out of their way. There is much wisdom in giving students the basics, then the latitude to proceed in their own way, tapping their unique strengths and passion, and I always tried to emulate Chuck's wisdom with my own students. It is an understatement to say that Chuck was an avid Buckeye football fan. He would plan his professional travels around the team's schedule so as not to miss a home game. I sensed a strange emptiness in the horseshoe as I watched the season opener last night, with one of OSU's most loyal fans absent. The Bluffton Forever website shares accounts of a couple of Triple Horn's claims to fame outside of science and academia. As a six-year-old, Chuck witnessed John Dillinger's gang rob a bank, and he saw the famous November 1950 Ohio State-Michigan snowball game. Because Michigan won, these are both, of course, crime stories. Generations of entomologists have been influenced by Triplehorn. A smaller, lucky number had the privilege of working closely with him. So it is with deep sorrow and profound gratitude that I say goodbye to my teacher, mentor, friend, colleague, and role model. His was a long, richly diverse, highly accomplished life well lived, and his impacts on entomology and countless students and colleagues will long endure. Rest in peace, my friend, and thank you for 50 years of sound counsel, inspiring example, camaraderie, and laughter. This is Quentin Wheeler for the Species Hall of Fame.